Well, I got to Friday morning and looked at my notes and God said, nope. Yeah, dad's like, yep, yeah, been there. Sometimes you wake up even Sunday morning and God's like, nope. You, you had some ideas and you had some words, but nope. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm just going to read scripture for the most part. Because God led me to some very specific passages. And I think in this situation that we're in right now, the amount of division and dissension and disunity that is in our culture has seeped into the church across Canada, North America, and it needs to be addressed with Scripture, period. And so I'm just going to read. I'm not really even going to give you references. I just want you to listen to God's word this morning. And this is going to be the majority of our time. I have just some things that came together after I read it that I believe we need to just consider. As you are hearing the word of God this morning, I want you to hear the identity you have in Christ the responsibility you have under Christ and the character we are to embody because of Christ. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith of service in our serving to the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, to the one who contributes in generosity, to the one who leads with zeal, to the one who acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, 
If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For, if by, for by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is an authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, but for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, or any other commandment is summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfilling the law. Besides this, you know that the time, you know that the time, the hour has come for you to wake up from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand, so let us cast off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness or sexual immorality, nor drunkenness, not quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but do not quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each should be fully convinced in his own mind. There is one, the one who observes the day, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. Well, the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's for this And Christ died and lived again, that we might live, that he might be both Lord of the dead and the living. So why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God as it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, Do not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. 
I know I'm persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves, but whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but it is written, the reproaches of those who, reproached, who you reproached fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. And may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another.
So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Hold fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and I rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should be glad and rejoice with me. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing as you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and is in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him.
Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What causes fights and what causes quarrels among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and one judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us, for the creation waits in eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this, in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is no hope at all, but for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it patiently. 
Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angel, angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. What's the greatest challenge facing the church right now? Unity. It's not COVID. It's actually a crisis of discipleship. There are four things I have identified that we have died, that have died. Our devices have divided us. Our ideology has become our idolatry. Our entertainment has emasculated our faith and discipline has disappeared. Our devices have divided us. It doesn't matter if you've got a smartphone or you watch the news. This has discipled your response and the way you're following Jesus more than God's word has in many ways. I don't know how much time you spend watching the news, surfing the internet, doing YouTube searches to... to, to to support what you already believe but this has been our discipleship tool and it's failed us horribly whether it's a TV the radio or whatever our devices have divided us all right idolatry is in our ideology you know, when, when Paul said there is neither Jew nor Greek slave or free, he was talking about economic division and political division and religious division, and he said it's all gone under Christ. This last week saw, saw a, uh, a message where, where somebody kind of adjusted it for the current situation. Here there is no master unmasked, vaccinated or unvaccinated, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, whatever you want to say, all are one in Christ. 
and in many ways, our political ideology has become an idol, and it needs to be burned, ground up, thrown into the water, and drunk like a golden calf. Because we care more about our political ideology than we do about Christ and his mission for us to make disciples of Jesus. We've spent more time in this last two years stressing over that stuff than about whether people are coming to Jesus and loving God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Ideology has become our idolatry. Entertainment has emaciated our faith. I'll admit, I look at my screen time and I go, wow, I have spent a lot of time on nothing. Hours on zero. As somebody was asked, how, how do you read a book a week? The guy said, it's easy, stop watching Netflix. <laughs> Entertainment is just an addiction right now. And discipline has disappeared. And I don't mean discipline for other people or me disciplining my kids. It's the discipline of the self. It's the discipline of the self that's disappeared because right now in our culture, self is God. And I do everything to build myself up, support my flagging self-esteem, make sure that my agenda is the one that everybody knows is important. And everything that we read said selfish ambition is the root of all evil. How many times does selfish ambition come up in all of those passages? It was repeated over and over again. In our culture today, and it's infected the church, devices have divided us. Ideology has become idolatry. Entertainment has emaciated us. And discipline has disappeared. In many ways, we've died. But there is life. There is always life. Throughout all these passages, life was a key word as well as death. And the life comes out of another, uh, four things here. I just kind of created an acronym out of life. First and foremost, love one another. And it doesn't matter whether you believe something different than me or not on all this stuff. The call is to love, and that's been hard. That's been really, really hard. It's been hard for me to love, to even like. <laughs> Because all the stuff about the death, the devices that have divided, the ideology that's become idolatry, the, the entertainment has taken over and, and, and everybody just, you know, there's, I, I was thinking about this, there's really only one book of the Bible that really focuses on individual rights and freedoms and it's the book of Judges and it doesn't go so well. Because everybody did what was right in their own eyes. 
Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. How did Jesus love his disciples? He, he loved them to the end. And he died for us. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. He gave. To love is to give. To love, the agape love says, you are more important than me. Your needs are more important than mine. Romans chapter 14, over and over again, Paul is saying, if you're, if you're the one with strong faith, then you need to meet your brother in weak faith where he's at and not demand that he agree with you. But to love him where he's at and be with him. Life comes when we love one another deeply from the heart despite the differences. Invite repentance. Not for others to come to repentance, but for myself to come to the altar and say, Lord, I have struggled so much with loving people in the midst of all of this. And in, in fact, many of the emotions that I have felt have been the fruit of the sinful nature, anger, slander, speaking wrongly of people, attributing motives to people I don't even know. Division, dissension, discord. It's all fruit of the sinful nature and we need to repent. Love one another. Invite repentance. It needs to be a part of our daily life. And then follow Jesus. I was thinking about this the other day too. There isn't a page of scripture that wasn't written under an authoritarian dictatorship. Every single page, especially the New Testament. How many times did Jesus say, let's rise up and rebel against Rome? Never. He didn't do it. In fact, he didn't even go to the big cities he could have gone to. Jesus said to Peter, the very first words he said to Peter were, follow me. And the very last words Jesus said to Peter were, follow me. Are we following Jesus or following our own agenda? We need to be in a place of repentance. Engage in prayer. We do not know what we should pray for. These years have been deeply challenging, deeply dividing, and we need to be groaning with the Spirit and praying in the place where the world is in pain. Lord Jesus, these are difficult times. And there's been a lot of division and discord. 
there's been a lot of selfish ambition and vain deceit. There's been a lot of slander and accusation and questioning of people's motives we don't even know. There's been the assumption that personal rights and freedoms are somehow um, more important than the gospel. And we have lost sight of our mission. Because it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. We have one task. To make disciples of Jesus Christ. Wherever we're at and whatever job you've given us in this world right now is to be used for one purpose and to one end. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Everything depends on this and is fulfilled by it. And so, Lord, as we meditate on this in the coming weeks, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to wrestle with the, the parts of this that were difficult, the passages that challenged us. And, Lord, there's, there's, it doesn't matter what side of these issues we're on. We've all gone down the road of self-centeredness. And we need to come back to the center. That you, Lord Jesus, are the way, the truth, and the life. That we have one job. To help people follow Jesus. And so, Lord, empower us for that one thing. Prune us for that one thing. Raise up the branches that have fallen down. Cut off the dead growth. Uh, prune us for the fruitfulness of the kingdom. Lord, help us to follow you so that we can help others follow you. And may we throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance the race marked out for us. In our generation, may we fulfill your purposes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stand for the benediction. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory he might grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church 
and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Go with God. Live for his glory.